I remember singing that song many years ago and thinking I was doing God the biggest favor he ever had. <laughs> I surrender all. Surrender what? Surrender what? I mean, what have I given him? When I think of what he's given me, I surrender all. It's like, I don't know about you, but the best deal I ever made in my life was the day I surrendered all. I gave him my rubbish, I gave him my junk, I gave him my past, I gave him my brokenness, I gave him my sin, I gave him my shame, I gave him my loss, I gave him everything that, that, that I deserved because of my sin. And he gave me his righteousness. He gave me his love. He gave me his power. He gave me his grace. He gave me his mercy. We call it the divine exchange. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. It seems so little, but it's all he asks. It's all he asks. I was getting worried when Josh started speaking this morning because as time went on, he, uh, we, uh, we haven't discussed today and he was covering more and more of what I, I, I felt led to share this evening and I, I was thinking, you know, uh, oh no, <laughs> I'm going to have nothing left to say. But uh, I, I really believe I can kind of follow on, really, from what, what Josh was talking about this morning. And uh, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. As you're turning to it, um, I, I send you greetings from, um, from Teen Challenge. And it, um, what a blessing it has been, you know, I, I, I miss you, I miss, I miss the church here, I, I, you know I, I love you, I always will, and uh, you, you know, a, a part of my heart will always be here with you, and, uh, and I thank God for the nine years that I, I got to do life with you here. And uh, I thank God for the love. Uh, it's, you know, I, I, just the, the grace and the love that was expressed to Joanna and myself. I must, I must send Joanna's love as well. She, um, she sent me about four messages saying, don't forget, send everybody my love. So if she asks you, I've sent her love, okay? <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, I, I just thank God for you. I thank, you know, we've, we've been through some life together. I, uh, I you know, I, I can look back at my years in Dundonald and they, I can truly say there are, there are ways in which there were some of the most difficult years of my life 
Um, many of those years, as you know, I lived with constant pain. And yet, I have to tell you, I wouldn't take a day of it back. I really wouldn't. I met God in ways in, through that season that I believe you can only meet God through, through pain and through suffering and, and through storms. You know, God doesn't just allow storms into our life. He uses them to build our faith. And we don't just come through them and get through the other side and, and able to say, oh, thank God that's over. But we come through stronger. We come through better equipped. We come through we come through with a, with a confidence and a hope that comes directly through coming through those storms. And I, I can tell you as one who has come through the other side that God is faithful and nothing happens by chance. And I, God, can make all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I can't just tell you it as a theological truth, although I can. I can tell you by experience that he is able and he will bring you through. And I, I don't know, maybe some of you are, are going through the most difficult time of your life. I can tell you that there is a God who is a refuge in the storm. Sometimes he says, peace be still, and calms the storm, and he's well able to do that. Sometimes he speaks to that storm. Sometimes he takes you out of the storm. Sometimes he just brings you through. And whatever he does, it's for our good. Anyway, I hope you've turned to Matthew chapter 7. If you haven't, give up. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Everyone then who hears these words of mine. Now, to put it into context, Jesus is coming to the end of the Sermon on the Mount. He has, he has taught his disciples. Um, he, is, he is just poured out his, his teaching and, and, you know, told them so many truths that must have been mind-blowing. There must have been just revolutionary at the time that Jesus is, is, is declaring to his disciples, just to give you a, a kind of snapshot of some of, the, some of the things that Jesus has been teaching. Oh, when you give, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. He teaches them on prayer, teaches them the Lord's Prayer as we know it. They ask him, how should we pray? And Jesus says, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy, thy name. Um, he teaches them on fasting. When you, when you fast, and uh, 
by the way, he says, when you fast. And, uh, you know, fasting is one of those disciplines that is part of our discipleship. But when you fast, don't kind of go around looking really hungry. Don't walk around with that, you know, you know, my tummy's grumbling, my tummy's grumbling. Why is your tummy grumbling? Well, don't tell anyone, but I'm fasting. But don't tell anyone. I don't want to lose my reward. Um, You know, he, 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 he talks about storing up treasure in heaven where you're, where, you know, not laying up treasure on earth but storing up your treasure in heaven. He talks about, you know, don't be anxious about anything, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. He, he teaches about not judging others. Um, he teaches about ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. He talks about do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I find that's really good advice when you're driving. I'm I'm trying to apply it. Uh, I just thank God he hasn't finished with me yet. But uh, I I, I think if if you have that in your mind when you're driving, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Uh, you, you might find that you'll be a better driver. I, I, I don't know. Either that or listen to your wife, men. Um, let's continue. Um, he, about bearing fruit. You know, a good tree, uh, you know, can't bear bad fruit and a bad tree can't bear good fruit so make sure then that you are rooted and planted in 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 the right in the right place that you are planting the word of god in your heart you, you know garbage in garbage out you know so jesus is teaching feed on good stuff keep feeding on good stuff don't don't listen to stuff look at stuff do you know what Netflix is not going to get you a powerful encounter with God the word of God is and if you want to know his presence and his power in your life you need to be feeding on good stuff don't like it take it up with Jesus it wasn't me who said it I mean, Jesus didn't say about Netflix because I don't think it was about when he was doing the Sermon on the Mount. But, um, you know, he, 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 he says about not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. He talks about those who have a, an external doing good and, and doing, doing the right things, but haven't really got a heart relationship with him. So that's kind of the context of where he's then saying, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. the, The issue isn't hearing. The issue isn't hearing because he says the foolish man is like a man who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice. The only difference between the wise man and the foolish man is what they do with what they hear. And this morning, this evening, I want to, I want to, I want to just simply say to you, it matters what you do with what you hear. I'm excited for you. 
When I, when I heard that Pastor Malcolm was, was, was coming to, to, to be your, your lead pastor, I, I was, I'm excited for you because, you know, he, he, he's a great Bible teacher. Um, he's, he's renowned, he's, he's, he's known, he's diligent. Um, he, he is serious about the Word of God. And that matters. And I believe you're going to get some great teaching. And many people are going are to come to hear that teaching. You, 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 will, you will grow and you, a lot of people will, will come because they want to hear that, that great teaching. But you know what I, I say? If you do nothing with it, so what? If all you do is sit and go, oh, wasn't that a great sermon? Oh, wasn't Pastor great this morning? You know, oh, Pip's preaching this morning. Oh, I love it when Pip preaches. He's, he's great. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's a great preacher. I, I love his teaching. I love his preaching. And you go away and you go, yeah, that, that's great. That's deep. Do you ever hear that one? I like that. Oh, I like that. That's deep teaching. What you mean is you have no idea what they were talking about. Uh, that's, you know, a bit of depth to it. You know, it's, it's, it really isn't just about gathering knowledge. It really isn't. Do you know what happens if all you do is gather more and more and more knowledge? Is you just have the biggest house on the beach. That's all. You just have the biggest house on the beach. But when the storm comes, all it is is more rubble. It's not about just gathering information. The difference between the wise and the foolish builders is one puts it into practice and one doesn't. And then my question this evening is simply this. What are you going to do with what you hear? You, you, you've sat under incredible ministry over many years in this very church. When you think of, of the teaching that, is, that has come from this platform, when you think of the times that the, this word has been opened up and expounded over the years, the truth that has been declared from this very wooden pulpit. What are you going to do with it? That's the difference between wisdom and lack of wisdom. Both go through the same storm. The wise and foolish builders both go through the storm. Do you notice that? The, the storm has nothing to do with obedience. I've, I hear people say sometimes, you know, uh, I, do you know what, I, I, I'm, I'm just, I, you know what, I, I'm, I'm not going to do it because I, I just can't go through the storm. 
The storm comes whether you're obedient or not. The only difference isn't whether the storm comes, it's whether you stand in the midst of the storm. It's whether you're planted on the rock. And storms are going to come. You're, you're, you're coming into a, a new season in the church. It's a great season. You know, I, I, you know there's a great feel. I, I loved being with you this morning. I, I loved it in mean, the worship here this evening, just, just worshiping. I felt, feel at home. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a lovely atmosphere. It just feels like a, a season of hope. It feels like a new season. It feels like a blessed season. And, and I, I'm excited for you. I think you're going to have a great time. I think you're going to see blessing. I, I think you, God is going is to bless you in new and exciting ways. But storms are going to come. It's a promise of the Word of God. So we need storms. And I, I'm... I'm, I'm not going to do a Bible study on it this evening, but the reality is you do a Bible study on faith and storms and you'll see that the only way of faith is strengthened and proved and tried and tested is through the storms. It's the only way. It, you, you, you look at it. You look at it for, you, for yourself. That the, the, the only way that, that, our, that our faith, and I want you to be encouraged today that if you are going through the storm, that's not because you have a lack of faith. It's not because you're out of God's will. It's not because you've been disobedient. If you're going through storms and you're still standing, it's because, because you have faith. And, and you will stand and you will continue to stand, but keep doing what he says. Keep walking in obedience. And you might be saying, but Chris, isn't that legalism? Isn't it legalism saying, you know, if you're going to stand, you need to do this and you need to do that and you need to do the other. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us it's by grace that we are saved through faith. This, not of works, it is the gift of God so that no one can boast. But what's the next verse? For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that He has prepared in advance for us to do. We are not saved by good works, but you better believe it, we are saved to good works. We're not just saved from our sin, but we are saved to a purpose. We're not just saved from our past, we are saved into a future that God has prepared for us. And that hope is, 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 is vital for us to take hold of, that God has a plan, God has a purpose, God has a role for every single one of us. And it's time for us to take hold of that. As we walk in obedience, wisdom is applied knowledge. That's, that's really what this teaching is about. It's, it's about applying what you learn, applying what you know. 
So in, um, in Proverbs chapter 8, we, we read there that, that we are to desire wisdom more than jewels. The, nothing we desire compares with her. Nothing we desire compares with wisdom. What is that? That is nothing that you desire compares to being in the center of his will. Nothing that you can desire in this, in this world compares to knowing that you are bang in the center of God's will for your life. That you are not just hearing his word, but that you are doing his word. In James chapter 1, we read there about that we are to be doers of the word, not just hearers. Because those who just hear... It's like someone who looks in a mirror and instantly forgets what they look like. So it's like looking in the mirror and you realize you've got a bit of toothpaste kind of just dribbled down from your side of your mouth. And you look in the mirror and you go, oh, there's a bit of toothpaste that's dribbled down the side of my mouth. And then you turn around and you walk away and you completely forget that you've got a bit of toothpaste that's there. And you walk around and of course, because you know, people are too polite to tell you. You walk around with it all day. What was the point of looking in the mirror? Or maybe a, a more up-to-date uh, analogy would be, you look at your watch and instantly forget the time. That's what James says, looking at the Word and not doing what it says is like. Earlier on in James chapter 1, it says this, If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives liberally without finding fault. And let him ask in faith, believing, without doubting, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God. See, and it's after that that he goes on to talk about being doers of the word. Just feel led to just feel led to move, to move on. I'm going to skip a couple of points here. I just feel led to move on. There are people here. And you're in the rubble. You're in the rubble. And... It's not my role, it's the Holy Spirit's role to bring conviction on that. But you're standing and you're looking around and so much is broken down. 
you ran well. You ran well. You were on fire. You were, you were running after God with all of your heart. You were, you were running. You were doing his will. You were in the center of his will. You were opening your Bible and it was coming to life. Now you rarely open it. You, you, you were praying and, and you were really felt like you were touching heaven. You, you, your prayer times, your secret times, your, your quiet times with God were, were powerful and, and you felt like you were touching heaven and, 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 and the time just went. You, know, you, 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 you say, I'm going to spend an hour in prayer and you, next time you looked at your watch, two hours had gone by and you think, where did it go? And now you, you sort of sit down to pray and you think, I, I, I don't even know why I'm bothering. I don't even know why. Because nothing seems to change. And it's like rubble. It feels like that house is blown down. The circumstances of life. Some of you've got bitter. Unforgiveness has just eaten away like a cancer in your soul. And you just feel like, I just can't let it go just can't let it go and I really do believe that God has sent me here this evening to tell you it's a new day and he wants to build a strong church he wants you to be a man, a woman of faith. And he wants to rebuild. And these are the words that God has dropped into, into my heart. And as I was praying about tonight, these are the words that God dropped into my heart. Number one, you need a renewed mind. Romans tells us, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Number one, you need a renewed mind. You, you need to allow the Holy Spirit to change your thinking. If you are justifying unforgiveness, bitterness, anger, dis even disappointment with God, it's not even necessarily sin. Some, some of you, it might be you're, you're harboring sin and secret sin and you're living with condemnation and you're living in a place of, of self-condemnation and the devil, the devil is having a field day because he's, he's just 
jabbing away at you with those fiery darts saying, if people knew the real you, if people knew what, what you were like in secret, if people knew what was in your hearts, it's time for a renewed mind. It's time to let the Holy Spirit renew your thinking. Number two, you need revival. You need refueling. You need a revival in your soul. God said to Zerubbabel, when he was looking at the ruins of a broken temple, when he was looking at the, at the, the, at the ruins and he was looking and he had, a, he had a plumb line in his hand, ready to rebuild. And God said to him, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my spirit, says the Lord. I tell you, there are people in this room and you need a dose of the Holy Ghost. You need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life once again. You need to get along with God. You need to get into the secret place. You need to get like Jacob. You need to grab hold of, of lay hold on God. And you need to say, I will not let you go until you bless me. And you need to stay there until you're full to overflowing. For some people here this, this evening, this will save your spiritual life. You're running on empty. You're, 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 run, you're, you're doing, you're, you're, you're burned out. You're still working hard. You're doing everything you can, but you're just, it's just lost its power. It's lost its edge. It's lost its way. It's not doing what it once did. You need to be filled with the Spirit again. You need the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit again. It's time to get into the secret place. It's time to get before God and say, God, fill me with your Spirit. Fill me to overflowing. Fill me with your presence. I need you. Oh, I need you. I will not let you go until you bless me. Number three, once those are in place, you've allowed the Holy Spirit to renew your mind. You are full of the Spirit. Then it's time to rebuild. Then it's time to rebuild. And that really is what I've been saying earlier. It's time to take hold of that purpose again. What God is calling you to. That, that, that God spoke to you about. It's time to take hold of your calling once again. It's time to take hold of that for which he has taken hold of you. It's time to start running. It's time to start pressing on again. Laying hold on the purpose that God has for your life. It's time to take hold of it again. Because do you know what? Do you know what? There's a work for Jesus that he has planned for you. And there's somebody waiting at the other side of your obedience. There is someone 
waiting at the other side of your obedience. And I'm saying like Mary said to the servants at the wedding in Cana in Galilee, whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. It's time to rebuild. And then there's one more thing that I believe God dropped into my heart that I need to say to you this evening. And it's simply this. Then you're ready to rescue the perishing. Then you're ready to rescue. You know, they tell you when you get on an aeroplane, before, if, if the oxygen masks fall down, put yours on first and then help others. I was a lifeguard, some of you know that. I, I, I know you would just looked and instantly thought that and I, I, can, I can see why. David Hasselhoff, I mean, I'll be ready for those who remember. And you know what we were taught? Make sure you're secure before you're ready to rescue anybody. Make sure you're safe. Do you know what's one of the saddest things I see, I hear of, and it comes on the news every now and again. Somebody's drowning, so somebody jumps in to rescue them, and they both drown. I just think, how sad. How sad. You know what? God wants to restore you. He wants to strengthen you. And he wants to bring you into that place. Do you know why? Because this place was always called to be a rescue shop. It was never meant to be a refuge just in itself, just for, for Christians to gather. It was always meant to be a, a place that sends out, that sends out, sends to the broken, sends out to, to the lost and the hurting. That's what the church is about. We are, we are here to go and to reach people who, who are lost and broken. And that's, that's our heart, that's our cry. But God wants to strengthen you and he wants to renew you. Like I said, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited because, because uh, you know, you're, 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 you're gonna receive the finest of, of wheat. You're gonna, you're gonna receive some, you know, fantastic, teaching. I'm excited because God's going to speak to you and, and open his word to you and you, you, you're going to love it. And, and you, know, you always have had a love for the word of God and, and that, that love and that passion is, is going to be ignited again and, and you get that love for the word of God again. And that's, and that's coming afresh and you're going to get a new love for his word. But don't just listen. Don't own the biggest house on the beach. Whatever he says to you, do it. Amen.